I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. took more than two years for that intro to be made. I was just thinking the same thing. How long did it take to get that? Before Scraby finally made a good point. Welcome back to the program. Where's the rim shot? Like, that's the perfect time for rim shots. Come on, It's now. not a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> oh, it's real. Not it's a joke. Fact. Oh, it really did take two years for to make a good point. Okay, fair enough. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., want to remind you the 97 Through the Fans Virtual Game of the Week, Friday mornings, 10 a.m., presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Each week, the fan will stream a simulation of MLB The Show 20 on Facebook at 97.3 The Fan. Thanks to Bud Light Seltzer for bringing baseball to San Diego. Bud Light Seltzer is unquestionably good. Uh, good first hour of the program today. Jerry Sanders, San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce, former mayor of San Diego, will uh, catch us up on the uh, what's going on locally here in about 15 minutes. But when we last left you, we were in the middle of a hot Chris versus the fans game. So uh, let's get back to that and see if we can get a Panera Bread winner today. Let's do it. Our next contestant on the line is our good friend Pete. Welcome to Gwen and Chris. Pete, how you doing today? Oh, we we can Hi, fellas. Is this is this the Matt Scraby show? <laughs> no. no <laughs> definitely not. Please call again, sir. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Call Bye-bye. Back in, call back in like five years, maybe. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's get to our first question here. What is the length in meters of an Olympic-sized pool? In meters, uh, I believe it's 100. 100 meters is incorrect. It's only 50. There it is. Chris, can you steal? It's 50. It is 50. Wow, Pete. I'm sorry. That's correct. If you ever tried to swim one length of a pool. That's a long ways, yeah. It is forever. Like yeah, you, no, you start swimming ways. and you're like, you feel like you should be there. So you look up to see where the end is and you're like, what? You're right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, you're not even there yet. I mean, because most of us, like a 25 meter pool is about like most gyms have that. So right. uh, yeah, an Olympic pool, man, that's humongous. Uh, let's get to our next contestant, Ivan. Welcome to Gwen and Chris. How are you doing today? Hey, Ivan. Ivan. Mike check. Are you there, Hello? buddy? Hello? Ivan. All right. We're moving on. Let's go to our next contestant, Sean. Welcome to Gwen and Chris. Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday, guys. Hey, Sean. Nice. Nice. Here we go. First question. What plane company makes the 747? Boeing. 
Boeing is correct. Nice yes. work there. Oh, Finally got said, that question When asked. you said playing, I thought it was going to be tops. That was like playing cards or something. Oh, no. I didn't say playing. I said with playing. You thought I said playing. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Question number two. The bad jokes are flowing today. Uh, where was the NFL draft supposed to be held last week? Las Vegas. Las Vegas is correct. Remember, we were supposed to see uh, uh, prospects come on a boat, on get a off boat. the boat, <laughs> walk that. onto the stage. Yeah, we didn't get uh, that to see that. I next, that. Year it'll be, next year it'll be in Cleveland, so there'll be no luck of a nice boat coming. Mm. Like that. <laughs> Here we go. Question. What we got? Number two? Three. No, three. three. This is for all the marbles. Oh, all the marbles right here. Question number three. <laughs> The Borg Warner Trophy is awarded to the winner of which race? Sean, you still there? Bowling. What did he say? Bowling. Oh. Is, is it correct? Rowing. Ro- rowing. Rowing is, yeah. uh, rowing is also incorrect. <laughs> What's the name of the trophy again? <laughs> the Borg Warner Trophy. The Borg Warner Trophy goes to the winner of which race? I think rowing was a pretty good, pretty good guess. Actually, I have no idea. Um, the Boston Marathon. The Boston Marathon. That's incorrect. Sean, Sean wow. you are our winner. Fifty dollar e card to Panera Bread. Of course, the answer. Is the Indy 500. Duh. Is that right? It is. God. According to Scraby. Duh. I think I would have known that one. Yes. Scraby question. Hey, <laughs> was, hey God. It's, it's, Sean, you it's, just it's, won. It's yeah, according don't, to Scraby. Don't on Scraby, Sean. You just won. He may not take your information down. <laughs> no. Hang on the line, Sean. Hang I'll on the line, Sean. Uh, we do have uh, some Stratomatic Baseball to get Isn't to. Isn't that funny? We? I've never heard of the trophy name I've, for the Indy 500 before. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm very reluctant to go along with this but according to scraby that is the that is the name of the trophy so yeah i'm not even looking that one up i'm just assuming that <laughs> you're just correct. with it the <laughs> borg warner trophy is a trophy presented to the winner of the indianapolis 500 well, the, only, I'm glad the only you thing i knew in. that you got the only thing i thought you got when you won the indianapolis 500 was a big jar milk bottle of milk. milk yeah yeah that's what that's I, the thought, only thing I thought you no got. no you get a trophy too okay good the Borg Warner Trophy, of exactly. Up. Sounds like a hockey trophy, actually. It does yeah, kind of no, sound it like it sounds like <laughs> a, a. He says no, a, it does It sounds like an award in hockey, though, for sure. Yes, the Borg Warner. You won the Borg Warner. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Why all of a sudden? Because it's hockey, did you become? Did you become British? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How many British guys are there in the, in the AGL right now? We don't know. Like one. <laughs> if that congratulations you've won the bowl guana <laughs> can we get to our can we get to our straddle game <laughs> scraby's lost it again i think we've all lost it today yeah and it's only 410 so good oh luck. wow yeah thanks for reminding us yeah all right padres have a uh stratomatic padres working on a little three-game losing streak here tonight as they host the st louis cardinals at Petco Park, Padres coming in with a record of 13-15. and 15. Adam Wainwright is on the mound for St. Louis tonight. Zach Davies making his fourth start of the year for the Padres. And nothing doing in the early innings. Uh, Cardinals did have three 
singles in the top of the first inning to load the bases but did not score. Zach Davies retired Dexter Fowler to get out of the inning. Brian Dozier wrapped into a double play with a couple of men aboard in the bottom of the second inning. Tommy Pham struck out with two on in the bottom of the third. So that's where we are, scoreless through three. The Cardinals with Adam Wainwright and the Padres with Zach Davies heading into the middle innings with no score yet in our Stratomatic Baseball game. And, of course, every day that the Padres were scheduled to play a real game, and today was the day they would have been hosting the St. Louis Cardinals, we have uh, played a Stratomatic Baseball game. And we are on to game number 29 on the season. But, Tony, with the news earlier today for Major League Baseball that a late June, first week of July start, could potentially be in the cards, cautiously optimistic, all fingers crossed. Maybe there is an end in sight to our stratomatic season. I don't know. Yeah, listen, for especially for your and Scraby's sake, I hope that is the case. Uh, we are. Uh, we have been. Uh, we have been. We are making good on our promise to play a game every single day, but it's been. Uh, it's been a little longer than we thought when we originally took on the task. Next time, yeah. maybe we should put a cap on the number of games we're going to play. <laughs> next time, there better be never be. There a better next be time. a next. <laughs> right, this better be for fun next I'm time. Trying like. to <laughs> think ahead for our sake. The next time they have a there's a pandemic like this, we are not going to play stratomatic baseball. No, but we're hopeful that we will never have something like this ever again. This is a once in a lifetime occurrence. We hope. All right, uh, speaking of those things, though, Jerry Sanders, uh, former mayor of San Diego, and he's going to join us here in just a few minutes, catch us up on uh, how things are going locally and where things might be headed locally. So uh, now with the uh, San Diego Chamber of Commerce. So uh, good to uh, have Jerry Sanders coming on board here in a few minutes. We'll get to that shortly. I'm Chris Ello. That's Tony Gwynn, Jr., It's Gwen and Chris. It is San Diego's number one sports talk station. Let's check a little traffic here. Instant classic going on on ESPN. You remember Mr. Aaron Boone's homer to knock out the Red Sox way back when. I think it was 2003. Yeah. It is on ESPN right now. Welcome into Gwen and Chris. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ella, Matt Scravey, all here. And, um... The next gentleman coming to the show I know pretty well. Uh, You know him pretty well, too. President and CEO of the San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce, Jerry Sanders. He also carried the uh, title of mayor of San Diego at one point. Jerry, thanks for coming on. Uh, How are you doing uh, during this time? How are you and your family doing? Oh, we're doing great. Um, You know, we're just lucky, and both of our granddaughters are doing well, and our daughters are doing well. So uh, we're just really thankful right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because uh, a lot of listeners um, aren't 100 percent sure what to be doing right now, especially under the stay at home um, orders from 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 the state of California. Tell us uh, what you're up to and what San Diego's San Diegans need to know about business in San Diego right now. Well, you know, we have uh, tried to be an interpreter of all the government stuff that's coming out. Uh, so we send out a biweekly update on all the government actions and all the relief efforts on the small business loans, on the payroll protection loans, on the, uh, unemployment, all of that, because it, it's really difficult to interpret a lot of that if you're not in the business. So uh, you, they can go to our website, sdchamber.org slash 
uh, coronavirus and get a lot of information. And we also compile information with a lot of other uh, business organizations that's useful for uh, people trying to navigate their way through this very difficult time. Former Mayor Jerry Sanders, our guest here on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. Uh, Jerry, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, do definitely appreciate it. How would you say San Diego has fared during this uh, pandemic and comparing it to you know, some of the other cities in this state, the state of California, how it's fared compared to some of the other states in the country? It seems like most of the most of the uh, the results have been positive in terms of what we've been able to accomplish in San Diego. I mean, obviously, there's no getting through this thing quite at this moment, but it seems like San Diegans overall are doing a pretty good job in in comparison to other places. You know, that's what's uh, great about San Diego is everybody works together. Um, you know, no matter what the issue is, San Diegans rally around each other. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I just see acts of kindness all the time on these uh, businesses that have uh, doing takeout and all of that. People are going in and spending money, even if they don't necessarily want to go out to dinner, but they want to support those businesses so they're around when they come out of it. Um, just some great stories about, <clears throat> you know, there's distilleries that instead of making liquor right now are actually making hand sanitizer, um, and it's just mm -hmm. been a great story on that. Uh, you know, just everybody's working together. And San Diego, I think the whole county has fared pretty well. People have been really good about staying in. And about the only thing you see people doing is getting out and exercising. So maybe that's the silver lining or pe people are picking up the exercise habit right now. Jerry Sanders, president and CEO of the San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce, former San Diego mayor. Uh, Jerry, tell us a little bit about because obviously you were you were the mayor here in San Diego from 2005 to 2012, and I'm sure what Mayor Faulkner is going through right now is is no easy task in trying to manage this all. Can you kind of take us behind the curtain a little bit of what something like this, what the job entails for for a mayor here in San Diego? Yeah, you know, I, uh, when I got to the city, we were uh, called in run by the sea. We had no reserves, we had no money, and we couldn't borrow money because we. I didn't have a credit rating, and Kevin actually was on the council at that time. He came in when I did, and, you know, we worked together with the whole council to get us through that period, and then the Great Recession hit, uh, and so he's got a lot of training in this already. He's been around it uh, from day one, and I think he's doing a great job. They're very difficult decisions you have to make. Um, you have to balance a budget that's way out of whack because the tourism economy is a third of the city's budget, yeah. Uh, so obviously that's gone down to almost nothing. Uh, hotels are about 5% occupancy if they're even open. Uh, so he's got to fill a large hole in the budget with that. Uh, sales tax, which is another huge part of the budget, has gone down because people simply aren't going out and they're not spending a lot of money. Uh, so, you know, he's had to make difficult decisions about how uh, the city workforce is going to look in the future. Um, you can't, 90% of the city's budget is really people. Uh, so you actually have to let people go, and I think he's done it in a way that's been good so far in that they've been uh, positions which weren't filled, so you just take the whole thing out of the budget and save the money. Um, he's, you know, cutting back in everything he can, and I, I think that uh, he's done a good job. And then you have to balance all that with the public safety, with the health. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one thing for everyone to say, let's just get back into business and all that, but He's got some difficult decisions. Uh, you know, how long do we stay in this? 
and he's certainly working very closely with the county and Greg Cox and Nathan Fletcher, and they've been uh, really all up front and easy to deal with. And they're all making tough decisions every day and they're relying on public health information, which I think is really critical. But we're starting to get back to that point right now where uh, the conversation is when do we open, how much do we open, and how do we open. And I think that's coming probably in the next two or three weeks where businesses will be back in business, a lot of them. Um, so it's, it, but you know, it's a difficult time to make those decisions. And I think Kevin and uh, Greg Cox and Nathan Fletcher and public health are really uh, making informed decisions, which makes me feel much more comfortable than political decisions. Now, that was nice to hear. I mean, right uh, the yeah. things that could be on the way to be reopening in the in the near future, nearer future. Jerry Sanders right. is with nearer us. Nearer future. What's that? <clears throat> I said nearer future. The governor today said that he wants to uh, reopen business probably in the next few weeks. And, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a phased-in approach. Uh, not all businesses will have a lot of business. Not all businesses will open at the same time. But it gives people that ray of hope that uh, they can get off unemployment. Uh, and I've had people say, well, they're making so much money on un- unemployment. Why would they want to go back to work? You know, that's not in the DNA of San Diego. We yeah, have so no, many yeah. entrepreneurs, so many hardworking people. They don't want to be on unemployment. They want to get the jobs back and feel good about what they do. Jerry, what do you think the role of sports will be in terms of getting San Diego back on its feet and, and, and maybe even throughout the country? I know sports is probably lower on the totem pole and sports understands its place, but at the same time, there isn't much that brings us all together as a community like sports can do. So I know that it's something in the back of everybody's mind while we do things safely to make sure that we, we get our sports going again. Well, you know, sports – uh, number one, it's a huge economic generator with all the jobs that they support at the stadiums. Um, so, you know, that's a big part of it. And you're right. We need something to rally around. We need the Padres. We need uh, uh, San Diego State. We need UCSD. We need everybody on these sports teams because it's just really important uh, for a community psyche. I was talking to my daughter and her uh, fiancé the other night, and he said the thing he misses most is Padres baseball. He already had opening day tickets, and he – um, just can't wait till they're back and said he would go the second they open. And I uh, think the Padres have been tremendous community partners throughout this. Uh, and I'm I'm just wondering where Malachi Flynn's going to go, whether he's going to be first or second round in the NBA draft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I actually think... at the Mountain I was at the Mountain West Finals uh, when all this stuff started breaking. And I was thinking I can't wait for the playoffs, and then all of a sudden it happened. So. What a what a great thing to rally a community around the thirty and two. That was fantastic, no doubt, no doubt about it. Jerry. One more question before we let you get out there, get out of here. If, if there are small business owners out there right now listening and may not know what to do in their current situation, what could you tell them about it? They just need to go to sdchamber.org/coronavirus. We have all the loan programs there. It'll tell them how to do all of that. Uh, the banks are working overtime to try to get those loans processed, and uh, everybody wants to get that money out as quickly as they possibly can. Jerry, sdchamber.org slash coronavirus. Yes. Right. Yes. Important Jerry, we, uh, note to have. Jerry, we appreciate you, you coming on, and I look forward to uh, seeing you walk around the concourse at Petco Park when we get back to <laughs> some normalcy again. I can't wait. I am really looking forward to it. <laughs> All of us are. Jerry, you, you Thanks so much, Jerry. Day. Thanks for everything you've done. All uh, right. Thank you. Thank you very much.
That was uh, Jerry Sanders, president and CEO of the San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce, also the former mayor of San Diego on the SDCCU fan hotline. Remember, SDCCU remains open. Rest assured, your funds are federally, federally insured by the NCUA. For details or to find a branch open near you, visit sdccu.com. Um, good, good to hear from from uh, Jerry yeah. Sanders. Very he did a he did a great job, and he's still doing a great job. And that's yeah. it's good to hear him say some of these things positive, kind of backing up some of the news that came out today from Major League Baseball, some of the things that came out from the governor's office. Good to hear them coming out locally, and you know, I mean, the the fact that there is some hope for you know businesses to start reopening within weeks rather than months that's uh that's music to everybody's ears yeah no doubt about it it's nice to hear the sports world come out with something and have your community leaders kind of back that up so Mm -hmm. things are certainly looking like they're moving in the right direction all right let's step away scraby is going to take us through the big five next what do bad tattoos the patriots and scraby have in common well, what? find out on the Big Five next. Quinn and Chris, <laughs> San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3, The Fan. It's now time to expand our horizons, step outside the box. Who the hell are you guys? And turn this show upside down. No, whatever it is, no. Quinn and Chris will now talk about the best of the rest in the one, the only, the extraordinary... The Big Five, which starts now on 97.3 The Fan. So that note I put in the doc during, after we asked the question about, in Chris versus the fans, I believe it was uh, the Borg Warner Trophy is awarded to whoever wins this race. And the answer was the Indianapolis 500. Well, yeah. Brian called in in the break and told me that Borg Warner is an auto parts manufacturer and they have been they make transmissions, they make other things for cars. So it makes a lot of sense that it's Borg Warner. Warner, and then uh, Brian also said, "Thank you for doing what we do because it helps him get through his day." So you're welcome, Brian. Call anytime. Shout out to Brian, and, and a quick stuff, note, Brian. All you drivers out there, if y'all don't chill out, Kelly Danik is coming for you. So <laughs> I suggest you, you tone down the speeds out there. I like the edge that Kelly you. provides to our traffic. <laughs> I really do. Want, uh, you do not want uh, Kelly on your bad side. No, no. Don't want her in your rearview mirror. No. I appreciate it because I can't stand any of the drivers out there these days. You don't like anything, so yeah. why would you like any Too of the drivers? Sure. Get right. off my lawn, people. Borg Warner Trophy, by the, Borg Warner Trophy, by the way, debuted at the Indianapolis 500 in 1936. It did. It's almost 100 years old. The- I just have two words for you, or three words for you. Write it down. <laughs> That's... All right, well, we're going to number five anyway, and I'll uh, I'll write you it down the during. The you played right over Chris talking. Yes, yeah, we're going to I will. Five. I will write it down after I start playing Adam Schefter's praise party for the commissioner. Roger I believe Goodell. it's four thirty nine forty three. Okay, right now, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> it's pretty safe to say though the NFL draft passed the virtual test with flying colors, and we got a lot of good stuff to talk about from it. Uh, nothing really bad happened though. I was like, like Adam Rank said yesterday on the show, it makes him a bad person. But yes, he was waiting for the car crash during the NFL draft virtually. Didn't happen though, so good stuff. Especially, you know, Roger or Commissioner Roger Goodell 
was talked about a lot in his hosting of the first and second round. Did you guys see when he just kind of gave up on life and started sitting in his chair making the picks? Yeah. And he was like lounging while he was making the picks. I thought that was pretty funny. He's having a glass a, of scotch a, or something. Chicken man, he, he he needed to sit. His knees were probably aching. Yeah, I don't, point. I don't, I don't doubt him. He had to do a lot of work. I mean, two four hours uh, being live hosting the draft. It's not easy. Some people thought he was flat. I kind of didn't listen. Can, can I def- can I defend Roger Goodell? For yes, once wait, wait, in his life? wait, though. Okay. Uh, some people enjoyed Special seeing him, him as a commoner. Here is Adam Schefter. You can't. I, I'm like uh, uh, whatever the guy is from Anchorman because I cannot be taken off my path. Here is Adam Schefter talking about the NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. He was very relatable. He was very likable. He was very much like the man that was elected commissioner 13 plus years ago. And that was why some of the NFL owners wanted him to be the commissioner. And somewhere along the way, that veered off track when he became the law and order commissioner. Right. And it felt like for three days there, it got back on track. And he was the Roger Goodell that owners elected to that position. They were, in my mind, his finest hours. I like Adam Schefter, but this guy was calling... For calling it blood money pretty much like a month ago about having the draft. Right, he wanted like, nothing to do with the draft. Oh, my Lord. And now he's completely changed his tune, which I guess you're going to do, but it doesn't sit right with me because he was pretty much saying the NFL was bad for holding the draft at the time they were doing. But anyway, that's not the point here. The point is, Chris, what you can't great... be taken off track except for you've gone <laughs> on track about 11 <laughs> times on this question. I'm very ADD today. What grade would you give Roger Goodell for his draft hosting? Oh, I'd give him an A-. minus. I really oh, wow, would. an A-. Yeah. That's high. Yeah, I thought he was good. The only minus was his uh, snafu on the uh, awarding the 2020 draft to Las Vegas when he met 2022. <laughs> uh, I thought he to was likable. Uh, he, <laughs> that part, too. Well, he, didn't, he didn't do so well. He, he pronounced it better than that guy did. But uh, for the most part, I thought, yeah, the commissioner was fine. He was likable. He was relatable. And... Uh, I saw him doing an interview with somebody from uh, Dallas, and he gave him a hug or gave the screen a hug. I, I, I thought uh, I thought he did a pretty good job overall, and uh, he was relaxed, and it was kind of what we needed. You know, we, we didn't need the, the stern-faced commissioner on this one. And, you know, it's interesting that Adam Schefter says he's gone off the rails a little bit and become the law and order guy. Well, I believe that's also what he was elected to do by the – owners of the National Football League and I believe he's also been elected to make the National Football League owners gobs and gobs of money and I would say overall he's done a pretty good job at that whether you like him personally or not he's done what he's been supposed to do Tua Tungavalawa there we go Roger <laughs> a boy not bad. Uh, Tony what not bad what grade first off you need to give your thoughts on Roger Goodell the human first of all and... I'm going to defend Roger Goodell let me give my grade first yes great an A he did oh, a okay. good job. All right. All right. I thought he was very relatable. Even though he relatable. said this? Tua Yeah, that's relatable. <laughs> I do that on a daily basis. He only did it that one time. So, yeah. you know, All right. good, kudos, kudos to, to, to Roger, Roger Goodell for getting that part uh, right. I thought he was relatable. I thought it was interesting how he just went from suit and tie to casual as that whole draft. <laughs> and that was that, that, that went on to be like a relatable thing. Like all of us wouldn't have wanted to be in the suit and tie for three days announcing picks. So relatable. Now, under what Chef said, I get that we don't have a lot to talk about, and so you want to dress these things up like they're huge ordeals. By the way, as Chris mentioned, he's made the owners gobs and gobs of money. 
Haven't heard too many owners uh, put their hands up to fire him because you know the no. owners have that in their right. If he's doing that poor of a job, I think he just got an extension get, too. Or they something. can get rid of him, right? They've extended him at least twice in the time since he took over. So forgive me if I'm not all rah rah that you know Roger. Roger did a fantastic job with the draft, but we don't need to blow it out of proportion. He's been in the owner's mind. He's been doing a good job this entire time. Yeah, yeah, but for him, first time. Good job. To a Tonga Balaiwa. All right. <laughs> you know, my favorite nobody can pronounce that name right. Not even Tonga Bailoa can. Tonga Bailoa. Done. No, done, not son. Done. It's not done. <laughs> By the way, it's it, we started this at 439. It is now 444. That was a five minute. Yeah, that's not good. Right we're going to have to we're going to have to pick up the pace. I, I'm not happy with my timing. The UFC will be getting underway next month when they finally host UFC 249 in Jacksonville and fighter Daniel Cormier will be on the call for both the May 9th and May 13th events, but when he gets home, he has to stay somewhere else. He told Ariel Helwani, quote, going into the fight is not one thing. Here's the difference. When I get home, I'm not allowed to come back. I'm serious. When I go, I'm going to be gone for a week. When I come home, my wife is a mandatory two-week quarantine. I can't come home. I got to I got work for them, and I get told that I have to stay in a different house, end quote. Tony, would you go to work knowing you have to quarantine for two weeks after? Uh... Yeah, if I needed that paycheck, absolutely I would go. Uh, I think Mr. Cormier uh, has the means to actually have another house to live in. or he does. Uh, to be able to pay for a hotel or whatever his other living situation is. But if I'm his wife, absolutely. Yes, you can't come back. You, if you, you're going to take the job. I need you to go take that job. But when you come back, you can't come in for two weeks. we got kids in here. I'm in here. we got to keep everybody safe. I think that's... The way it should be, and now I know it's probably a little bit of a nuisance for, for uh, DC, for for DC. But uh, ultimately, I think he he wants to protect his family, yeah. which is why he'll do it without even having a problem with it. Chris, would you go to work knowing you have to quarantine for two weeks afterwards? Oh boy, I've been working and I've been quarantined, so I guess I, <laughs> True. I, guess I would. Um, <laughs> You know, in this situation, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a stiff price to pay. But I, I would say this, I'm kind of just glad to hear that the UFC is actually putting in some rules for these guys. Wait, is this a you UFC know? rule or is this his wife's rule? No, this is his wife's rule. Oh, this is his wife's rule. Yeah, his yeah. wife is yeah. the oh, one mandatory. Well, then I take it back yeah. because as far as I know, I didn't I didn't know the UFC had put any rules in on these guys. I mean, <laughs> they still like haven't. Yeah, <laughs> evidently they still haven't. So scratch that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, if his wife didn't want him to come home. But she wants a paycheck. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to go get, get the paycheck, paycheck, and he ain't going to go home. <laughs> That's how those things tend to play out, Scrape. Yes, yes. As you guys have told me many a times. Many, yes. many, many a times. Number three. Can't really find my doc right now. There it is. Yeah, College football is... has announced they will reassess their status at the end of this month and then again in early June with some reports saying coaches are split on whether or not they should start a season. ESPN's Laura Rutledge reported having fans in the stands is a huge deal when trying to determine where they are at. It would be devastating for college football to try to play a season without fans. They need the fan revenue more than the NFL does, more than any other sport does. So they absolutely are going to try, no matter what the timeline looks like, to make sure that fans are in the stands, mainly for a financial situation. Also, they say, look, if it's not safe for fans, it should not be safe for players as well. 
So that puts a whole different can of worms into college athletics. Chris, put on your marketing hat. What can college football do to bring in money to their program? Beg? <laughs> okay, I yes. Get donors, get boosters. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good at doing that already. Um, look, I mean, she's bringing up something that we've been talking about this entire time. I mean, college sports is a different animal from the NFL and Major League Baseball and the rest of it. College football has got to be played. There's got to be fans in the stands. Not just to support college football, but to support all of the other sports that these universities have. And I, I, I don't know exactly. I think San Diego State has, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 Division One sports, maybe more. Uh, all but men's basketball rely on college football for support. And that's just San Diego State, but it's the same at every other university. So um, Laura Rutledge is right. College sports is a different animal, and college sports have got to be crossing their fingers that, you know, this pandemic is going to be figured out quicker than maybe some of the timelines have it being figured out so that there can be a regular college football season. Otherwise, yeah, they might have to wait for the spring to play college football, but if they do that, then they're still going to be affecting all of the other sports that might come before that. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, that that's scary. Uh, as Chris said, you got to be walking around if you're ads around the country, walking around with your fingers crossed because, unlike the professional side where there's TV deals and you know other streams of revenue coming in, college football depends, as as Laura mentioned, uh, heavily on fans coming into the into the stadiums, and we know, like right now, we know that that's not going to be the case. In some, in some places for at least the rest of this year. So it's going to be hard. But the good thing that I, I think Laura Rutledge uh, definitely mentioned was the fact that they are willing to the, – the timelines will change. The bad part about it is the sports that play in that, that time frame are all going to suffer the consequence because of it. Football might get played. Basketball might get played. Some of the spring sports might get played. But just think the fall, the winter – those sports might be in jeopardy for the 2020 season. I would say they are definitely in jeopardy. We're talking like women's volleyball, women's soccer. Yeah. These are events that take place during the fall. And they rely on the revenue generated by college football in order to exist. So let's definitely hope. something to be concerned about. Let's hope things get better. Number two. Tony teased it. What do bad tattoos the Patriots and me have in common? Well, Patriots kicker Justin Rohrwasser... Uh, was drafted in the fifth round Saturday by the Patriots, and it was the happiest moment of his life until it wasn't because Twitter ruined his life, which is n not new for many people. He has a tattoo. <laughs> for real. <laughs> he has a tattoo on his arm, and on Saturday, it was linked to an extremist group. Here is Justin explaining what happened on CBS Boston. When I, well, when I was 18, I got it. And it was described to me as, you know, the, the, the percentage of colonists that rose up against the authoritarian government of the British. And I was like, wow, that's such a, you know, American sentiment, patriotic sentiment. Um, and coming from a, a military family, I, uh, I, I thought that really spoke to me. And I, I uh, you know, I, I, I always was proud to be an American. I'm very proud. As, as soon as I saw what it was linked to on Saturday, I, at exactly that time I knew I had to get it. 
totally taken off my body. Um, I said covered up, but I, I want to get it removed from my body. It's shameful that I had it on there ignorantly. It's just, I, I, I'm sorry for all my family that have to defend me. To them, I'm sorry. And um, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to take on of it. No matter what, I, that's not who I am. And you'll, hopefully you'll all find that out. Well, you can hear the emotion in his voice. He has been through the ringer ever since he was drafted, especially on Twitter. Uh, and I feel bad for him, and I usually don't feel bad for professional athletes. But, Tony, because you are a professional athlete, and I'm talking about Justin Rohrasser in this, does this come with the territory? Does the scrutiny? The, the criticism, yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Unfortunately. Even if you're and a fifth-round kicker who had no idea what that tattoo meant. Let's listen, in, in, t- in 2020, now maybe if he was drafted, when I was drafted in 2003, the fifth-round scrutiny might not be as, as potent, but... Uh, if you're on social media and you're any type of pick, your your scrutiny is raised to the level that it probably would have been for a first rounder back in 2000. So, uh, yes, he he it comes with the territory. I do. You can hear the true remorse, at least in his voice. Um, and, you know, you hope he learns from it. This is why. Listen, this is why on a, on a sillier note, this is why 18 year olds should get tattoos. I told you guys the story. Walking through a clubhouse, you can always tell who got their tattoo (laughs) before the age of 25. Like, it's very easy to point out. So, uh, my advice to young kids is, wait, make sure there's something meaningful that you are legitimately informed about Mm -hmm. before you put it on your body because it's permanent. And that removal thing is not nice. It hurts. Not nice and it's painful. And after Chris's answer, I'll tell you why I know all about bad tattoos. Chris, what do you think? Has this come with the territory? Uh, Yes, and I want to hear your explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was 18, as Tony was just saying, I ended up um, telling my parents, you know what? I don't care what you guys say. I am going to get some tattoos. And as an 18-year-old 49ers fan, didn't even think about the Dallas Cowboys t- stars that I was putting on the back of my arms. And so I got a couple stars on the back of my arms that looked like the Cowboys stars. Didn't put it together until my friends are like, hey, aren't you a 49er fan? Like, why do you have the Cowboys stars in the back of your arms? And I was like, oh, my goodness. I never, ever thought about that. That was something that never crossed my mind. So now I still, to this day, have a bunch of Cowboys stars tattoos on the back of my arm, which, you know, it's not racist or anything. And if I did get something I didn't know was extremist or racist, then I would get it removed. But I kind of take my tattoos as uh, my part of my life story, I guess, you know? So, Well, when you got two stars on there, you have no choice. But I have no choice, and I'm not getting them removed because they're too big. So, one. Real quick, before we get, uh, we're done with the Big Five, UFC legend Chuck Liddell did an interview last year, and it's now starting to make its rounds because we have nothing to do. And he said something very, very controversial. He talked about fighting Mike Tyson and said, quote, in a street fight, I'd win. I mean, he's got a puncher's chance. He's got a chance to catch me coming in. But other than that, it's over. Chris? Who do you think would win in a street fight, Chuck Liddell or Mike Tyson? Today? Yeah, today. Uh, Yeah, Mike Tyson's on the greatest of shape right now. I'm going to go with Liddell, but I I think both guys are probably not necessarily in their prime, so this is not something I'm going to pay heavy for on (laughs) paper. Yeah, right. Uh, Tony, who do you think would win in a street fight? I think Chuck would win. Uh, It's a street fight. Chuck has a little more background in grappling and some of the other – intricacies of of, of of fighting but uh, I did hear or I heard Michael Mike say the other day that uh, he's actually finished start getting back into shape he wants to 
be able to to. It sounds like he wants to get oh, into Mike training. Oh, Mike Tyson. I was like, who's yeah. Michael? <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike Tyson. My bad. But he's trying yeah, to get into shape. I'll say this for Chuck Liddell. If Mike Tyson does get back into shape, as Chuck Liddell said, he might have a puncher's chance. Chuck Liddell better evade that first right yeah. hook. <laughs> it's not coming in nice. Wait, Tony, what is he training for? If he doesn't evade no. that, he would be in trouble. To be a trainer. He was talking about oh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, he him yes. thinking he'd be a great trainer. Gotcha. He was saying it takes a, a, a lot to be a trainer, and he was just saying he might want to get back in shape. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I wanted to see Mike back in the ring. We, we need Mike. No, He's not funny. in the ring. He's not funny. The ring. Um, that's it for the Big Five. Go figure that Mike Tyson would become a renowned comedic actor. He's great. That one-man right? show I've heard is <laughs> it's amazing. Hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> All righty. Halfway home, coming on back, hour number three, Gwen and Chris, stick around. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 